Okay, let's start from the Mishnah on Dafir Alf and Aleph again, and we will take it from there. Hidla Allah Eshagefen Vesatalas Vesakisus. You yink and put on top of your sukkah grapevine, gourds, ivy, while still attached to their natural source, to the ground. and you use it as schach on top of your sukkah. Psula, it's not kosher, because again, it's attached, and you can only use detached material as the schach of your sukkah. Is that not right? In other words, you can put ivy up and then you put schach on top of it. Or did I misread? Um, that's a good read. That's a good read. It's a good read. It's not necessarily a soul if you have, if you still have more crusher. Well, that's the next line. That's the next line. This is assuming you, you don't. I, I read these words different than how you just read it from our article. I read it. You grab these things and used it as schach. They actually wrote it. You grab these things, put it on top, and you put schach on it. The next line still reads fine, is that, is that, but if there's more schach than, than these items, then it's okay. If there's less schach than these items, then it's not okay. Which, which is the psul, okay. Well, the psul, regardless, is that it's attached to the ground. Right. Right, but, but if you had more, yeah, but okay. So a question? Even I, I happen to have, uh, I mean, I see how it's written now by Art Scroll, but I just, uh, the, the, the Mishnah make, it doesn't change at all based on how Art Scroll read it. It's just, what do the words Vesikicha Gaba mean? I read the words Vesikicha Gaba that you use those things as your schach. Right. But I see how it could be read Although, and probably more accurate. No, no, that makes sense that you put these things on there and then put on it schach. Right. Now that you used it as schach. Yeah, I, I, Al-Gaba, I read, is on top of the structure of the frame. Right. Artsville's reading on top of these things. Right, that's right, right. Okay. I mean, regardless, it didn't change the Havana of the Mishnah, because the next line is, but if there's more schach, I mean, I understood the schach being put on top of it. I just didn't know that the Mishnah spoke that out. The next words are, and if there's more schach than these items, then it's going to be okay. So here, the way to read it now is that you put these items on top, and then on top of these, you put schach. Psula, it's not kosher. But if there was more kosher schach than there is, these items are still attached. Or you did something even better, which is you cut them, and therefore they're no longer attached. Sheir will be kosher at that point. Zaklal, by the way, the general rule, when you, what you need to know for kosher schach, is kosher mekabal tumah, anything that's mekabal tumah, the ingedulam ana aretz, and does not grow from the ground, a mesach mebo, you cannot use for schach, the choldar she'enu mekabal tumah, anything that's not mekabal tumah, vigedulam ana aretz, and does grow from the ground, mesach mebo, you can use that schach for your sukkah, and really in this one mission we learn all the rules of schach, is that it has to grow from the ground, it has to be detached from the ground, and it has to not, not be mekabal tumah, that's how you get kosher schach, anything else is not going to be kosher schach. Okay, we're clear so far. Zok the Gemara. Yosef, Rav Yosef. So let's get. We have to have the. We have to have the parties clear now. This is, we're going to finish off this conversation that we started yesterday. Okay. So Yosef, Rav Yosef, Kamei Rav Huna. Okay. So Rav Yosef, Rav Huna, having a conversation. The Yosef Ka'amar and Rav Yosef said, the Yosef means he was sitting and said, That which the Mishnah said, if you cut it, it's going to be okay. But Amarav Tzarich Lenanea. But you should know, says Rav Yosef Rav Huna, Rav holds, you have to shake it. 
not enough. That, that was, the Mishnah wasn't, um, didn't give us enough information to tell us to know how to really make it kosher. The cutting wasn't enough because we have a problem called Tasa Manasseh. So again, we don't call it here right now. Tasa Manasseh. Do we have that clear, that concept of Tasa Manasseh? You have the idea of Tasa Manasseh clear? Right? So Tasa Manasseh means you have to make the schach. You can't by default have it be kosher by an outside action that you did. So over here, the, it was already put on, not kosher schach. All you did was a snip. You didn't put the schach on. You just, in a roundabout way, made it that the schach was already on became kosher. That is tasav manan asui. Based on sukkim, it's clear you cannot do that by a sukkah. We had a shayla that doesn't apply by lulav, it apply by other things, but it's pashat by sukkah. No shayla at all. There's, an, there's a psul called tasav manan asui. And therefore, if you have said, by the way, you should know that Rav says that you have to shake it too, which means you have to lift it up and put it back down again, because otherwise you have a problem. It's not going to be kosher because of tasav manan asui. Now, don't forget, Rav Yosef is talking to Rav Huna. So, Amr Lei Rav Huna. Rav Huna says back to Rav Yosef, Ha Shmuel Amr. Why are you quoting this halacha of needing to shake in the name of Rav? Shmuel is the one that said that. So, Adrina Rav Yosef Lape. So, Rav Yosef was upset, Rashi says, and he turned his face away from Huna. Amr Lei, and he said to him, Atu mi kamina lecha delo Amr Shmuel. Did I say to you that Shmuel didn't say it? Amr Rav ve Amr Shmuel. Rav said it, and Shmuel said it. So like, give me a break. It's one thing if I said something wrong, um, I didn't give a comprehensive list of everyone in the world that holds this. I was just saying that, by the way, Rav holds you to shake it. Yes, you are right. Shmuel holds that too. Great. But why are you making such a big fuss about it? To which Rav Huna doesn't back down. Look what happens next. This is new material. Amalei Rav Huna, This is what I was saying to you. Shmuel Amra, Vilo Rav. I am saying you're wrong. I'm saying, when I said Shmuel says, I wasn't saying to you, Shmuel also says it. No, no, I'm saying, you told me Rav's the one who said you had to shake it. I'm telling you Shmuel said it and not Rav. So his defense of they both said it, no, I'm telling you not. And then he's actually giving proof to back himself up that Rav would hold it's okay to not shake it. So we're going to see... According to Rav, cutting would be sufficient alone. And I'll, I'll speak that out a little bit, how that could be okay, and what happened to Tassel and Asuit, but let's read a little bit more. So again, let's read that part of the Gemara again. So, um, so, Amr Leh, first one in line, Rav, Huna, Rav Huna said back to Rav Yosef, when Rav Yosef said to him, both Rav and Shmuel hold it, you have to lift it up. This is what I said to you. Shmuel is one who says you have to lift it up, and it's not good enough just to cut it. The loy Rav, and not Rav, Why? The Rav Achshure Machshur, because Rav holds it's kosher just to cut it. That's what the word kosher means, right? It's kosher just to cut it, without any lifting whatsoever. Kiha, like that, which we have in the following story. The Rav Amram Chasida is the story of Amram Chasida. Now we're going to jump now from the Lachas of Sukkah to another area of Allah that also has Tasev Lamin Asui, which is Tzitzis. Tzitzis is also Tasev Lamin Asui, that you have to make a kosher garment of tzitzis and not make a non-kosher garment of tzitzis and do an external action to thereby make it kosher. And here will be an example of how that could be by tzitzis, okay? So here we go. So here's the case. Kihadur of Amram Chasida, Rama Tchilta Leparzuma de Inche Beise. He put Tchelas, Tchilta, which means the strings of tzitzis, Tchelas. Rama means he like put in, he shoved in, he put in Tchelas, Parzuma is an Aramaic word for just a garment. Rashi calls it a talus, but talus doesn't mean just a talus like we have today, which is, no, not as we only wear a talus for davening, so talus means just a davening garment. Back then, talus meant just a garment. So he put tzitzis on the parzuma de inshebese of the people of his house. 
Uh, particularly, Rashi says he put it on his wife's garment. Yeah, very interesting. Rashi, we see this Rashi together. It's like uh, you see there's three levels of width of Rashi. Is the first middle wide line, presumably in Shibase. Mm-hmm. See that one? Yeah. You got that one? You're not from an Aleph, like uh, middle wide line, presumably in Shibase. Yeah. So Rashi says, Litalis Ishtoi. He put it on the talis of his wife. The Kasavar, now, why would he put it on his wife's garment? Women are potter from, from Sitzis. Why are they potter from Sitzis? Because it's my grandma. Why is it? Why is it my grandma? Because it's all the other day. So look what Rashi says. The kasavar, because he holds Lila's matzitisu. Lila is a time to wear tzitzis. Ah, what about the pasuk Uri so that we learn halacha l'maisa that only applies during the day? Uri Samosa, and therefore we, we exempt them at night because you don't see things at night. Prat suma. He holds that drasha tells you that a blind person is potter from tzitzis because he can't see at all. But night is actually obligated. Alexus Lila, but night garments and night in general, Chayef. Vahavia mitzta say Shazloa's magrama, Vinashm Chayavas. Just totally, you know, again, it's a sheet that we're so not familiar with. It's like such a foreign idea. We know in 2020 that we pass Galacha Maisa, that you're not obligated to make her a din and say this at night. Therefore, it makes it Mitzvah Shaz Magrama, that women are potter from it. It happens to be we have a story of Am Chasida, who he held that there's a totally different way to darshan the Pasuk, which is not, if you actually look through the Sukhis of Tzitzis, this is a normal way to darshan the Pasuk. We just don't know that practically today. But a normal way to darshan the Pasuk is that Uri Samosa doesn't tell you to exclude night garments. It comes to tell you that blind people are potter, but thereby le- leaving it that it's obligated both day and night. Thereby making it that women are obligated in it, and therefore Ram Chasid is making sure his wife's wearing tzitzis because they're fully obligated. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Liberals, liberals. I'm saying, but yeah, no, it's what we got over here. You understand? I'm just, but, I'm just asking. Does, does, uh, yeah. Rashi's daughter is what's spilling. Like, is that is that? No, no, it's not related. No, no. Rashi's daughters? That? Yeah, was that Ramos and that? That they wore them? There, there are rumors about that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it's even substantiated rumors, but... Um, and that, I'm just saying, could that have been based on the same thing, that, that they... No, it's not, it's not based on a drasha. They, didn't hold the, they, didn't, they did not hold you were obligated. They just oh, felt they that it was okay to do it. Okay. Yeah, we, we've spoken... I, in the past, I've been in I've spoken about it, um, is Ray um, Meiselman from Taurus Moshe. You know Ray Meiselman, right? Ray Meiselman from Taurus Moshe. He's actually with Taurus Moshe Tomo. Um, he has a book called Women and Judies and the Yorda in the 70s. It's a great book, by the way. And he has, in addition to Hashkafa on the Jewish approach to and our attitude towards women, in the back he goes through each mitzvah, why the minig is the way it is for women to do it or not to do it. And he mentions that by mitzvah says just my grandma, the minig is that for basically all the women do it if they want to. Uh, lulav, sukkah, um, sphira, like we're totally cool, like, and we don't like, make a big deal about it. But there's two of them that we kind of make a fuss about, which is tefillin and, and talis. Right, Talis and Tefillin, or Tzitzis and Tefillin, that we don't like, we just like, Dafka not, Dafka not. So he gives an explanation why, like, those two Dafka we try to avoid. And uh, the Tefillin one, I'll clear the Tzitzis one later, but the Tefillin one, um, he writes this, something that, which I find very logical. There are some Rishonim hold it's, it's Begadish. I mean, once it became, you know, the other ones by, by Sukkah, it's not, it's not a garment, but once Tefillin become a man's thing, then it becomes bigger each for and women shouldn't wear a dafka. That's one answer. But the other answer he gives is, is that you have to have a perfectly clean body to wear a tefillin. Your thoughts have to be clean. Uh, you, you, you can't pass any gas. Your body has to be clean. You can only be involved in clean things. And he said that's the reason why men stopped wearing it all day. We only wear it for an hour a day because we just couldn't handle it. 
And he says, and if we didn't even have to wear it for an hour a day, we wouldn't wear it at all. It's better not to wear it than wear it and disgrace it. But we have to wear it. We have a mitzvah, we have a chi of deraisa, so we narrow it down just the chakras and then we take it off right away. So to have women who are paturos from it voluntarily wear it, he says, no, you don't, you don't voluntarily wear it. It's filling. you wear it because you have to wear it. If you don't have to wear them, then don't go there, so to speak. So historically, though, it was people were to fill in for longer. And Rashi's daughters, who were very holy and spiritual and whatever it was, they were on a level that they could wear it without any potential concern of disgracing the tefillin. But nowadays, we've shifted very far from that. Even men would not wear it if they didn't have to. So they should start wearing it? That doesn't make any sense. That's, uh, I thought they were putter from uh, Mitzvah Shah's non-ground because they were taking care of their families. Uh, well, th- well, that's, that's, that you're, you're getting into like the, the it's a halacha, their, their example from Mitzvah Shah's we assume the logic behind it is is that don't bind them to mitzvahs that are time bound because otherwise they can't take care of their responsibilities. But you know, that doesn't mean. But but you can't take that. That doesn't. You can't take that to mean that they can't voluntarily do that if they want to do it. They can. Yeah. And well, Svarim, there's a huge machlokas. There's, there's, there's a straight up, there's a straight up machlokas. Ashkenazim and Svarim can they make a bracha when they choose to do it? Right. So, but, but, it's better, but better they shouldn't even say it because then, because of the suffix of what should they make a bracha? Okay. Okay. Unless they really want to, then they can take another bracha. Okay, but but like you, you, uh, Lulov, they do probably. They just don't make a bracha. Uh, they do de- definitely not allowed a bracha. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Ashkenazim say they can say a bracha is the bracha. Fine. They're not obligated, but Chaisel's obligated, whatever it is. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Um, I, I, when I gave my shir on the lachas of dreams, there's a sefer called Chuvas Mina Shemayim. And Chuvas Mina Shemayim is a sefer written by a Rishon, I believe it was a Rishon or early Achron, based on Chuvas he got in, by, in a Chalom, in dreams. Chuvas Mina Shemayim. And one of the Chuvas there is that he holds that women should, he's already, that women should make brachas. And it's make a, brachas. Yeah. Yeah, she make bracha. I miss my grandma. Yeah, and um, it's, it's a big hack. Like you know, like, and, and that's why they don't follow it because we don't usually allow dreams to override, wow. you know, Ravad Yosef. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. Uh, he had, he had a, he had it's very thin, but yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's definitely enough to fill a safer. Yeah. Um, okay, so in any case, it's back to regular scheduled programming. So we have a story here. So again, let's remind ourselves what we're trying to prove here. We're trying to prove that Rav holds that you do not need to lift the schach. Just cut it, you're good to go. And we're going to prove it from a story by Tzitzis. So what's the story by Tzitzis? So Rav Amar Chasida, Ramat Chilta the Prazuma Dijibesa. He would put Tzitzis strings into the corners of the garments of the people of his house, and particularly his wife even. Talon, But one time, he put the strings in, he tied all, I don't know how he pulled this off, he tied all the knots, but the problem was is that he didn't snip the ends. So if you keep in mind, I don't know if you ever made tzitzis before, it looks like there's eight strings, there's only four, right? You're familiar with that. You take four of them, you put them through the corner, you do all your knotting, you end up having eight because it's looped over and you have now eight. So imagine somehow you can loop it in, somehow get it in, and you didn't fully snap it that you have a looped four strings on the bottom, and then you cut it, and it makes it into eight. Well, if it's like that, that's not a kosher corner. The corner has to be made, that you tie everything together, and you end up with eight strings. If you tie it all together, you end up with four strings, and then you do a simple snip. That's a problem. Why is it a problem? Tasav lo 
you have to make the corners of your garment. You can't do an external thing that retroactively makes it. By the way, now you have proper corner garments. I think the picture book should have a picture of it. I'm not recording. I am Yeah. See picture Kuf Chafdale? You strung it all in. So picture Gimel there. It's all tied up and ready to go. The problem is, is that several of the corners are still not snipped. See that? Yeah. And then all you did is just a little snip and making a date. So this, is, this is what happened in the house of Ram Chasida. He put the strings into the corners of the garments, but he did not cut the edges. Okay, so let's see the story. Talon, which means he hung the strings... For low pasig roshechu, they did not cut the edges of the strings. Shalahen of them. Also, the commander of Chia Barashi, and he came in front of Chia Barashi and said, uh, "What do I do now? What do I do now? You know, the titzes aren't kosher." So Amar he said to him, Chia Barashi said to Ram Chasida, "Hachi Amar Rav, keyword Rav, Mifsika and Vehink Sherem, just cut them and it's fine." Meaning, he thought he was going to get a psak and say, "Too late." Tasmanasi, even if you cut it, it's too late. And Rafia Barashi said, no, Rav holds, just cutting them is fine. I'm just asking, did yeah. he say that because it's, it's a woman garment? <laughs> good, good, good question, but no. And as a general rule, Rav holds, cutting it is fine. Yeah. Alma, so we see from here, the cutting is the making of the corner. So you did something to make the corner. And now let's borrow that back from the Lachas of Tzitzis to, to Sukkah. And so to hear by Sukkah, let the cutting be the doing. So very simply put, Rashi points it out for us, is it's not that Rav doesn't hold the Tasa Menasu. He does. What's Tasa Menasu by Sukkah? The classic, classic case of Tasa Menasu by Sukkah is when you have a haystack, and you dig into the haystack, and you make a hole in it, and now you have schach on top of you, that's not a kosher sukkah, because you didn't put the schach on, you kind of by default made the sukkah. And there, you didn't even touch the schach. It just totally stayed in place the whole time. You just dug out the hole inside. On that, Rav would agree, it's not a kosher sukkah whatsoever. Where the machlokas Rav and Shmuel is, is that Rav holds that by the case that we had, that you put on top of your sukkah, um, schach that was attached to the ground, he holds that you did something. You cut the... You cut it. So you did something to the schach. You cut the schach to make it now kosher schach. So on that, Rav says, good enough. Just like by the strings, again, the last case we just had was strings, uh, also needs to be tasav lamanasui, that by the strings, he strung in the strings inside there, but didn't fully snip them all, and therefore you didn't have eight strings. And he was all nervous, is it kosher, kosher, kosher? And he got upset that Rav holds, just cut it now, it's fine. What do you mean tasav lamanasui? Yeah, he did something. He did something to make it kosher to the string, and therefore it's okay. So, again, we had that conversation yesterday, just get Rafi up to date, up to speed, is that <clears throat> we, our Misha said, if you have attached schach on top of the sukkah, just cut it. Along comes uh, Rav Yosef and says, but Rav says that that's not enough, you have to pick it up. Rav Huna says to Rav Yosef, 
Um, Rav then says, Shmuel said that, to which Rav, Rav Yosef says back, they both say it. Don't make such a big fuss about it. To which Rav Huna says back, no, no, no. Rav doesn't say it. Only Shmuel says it. And where do we see that? We see it by the case of Tzitzis. That Rav, by the case of Tzitzis, held that just cutting was enough, so too by us, he would hold just cutting is enough. And it's not Tassim because just like by the Tzitzis, Psikasan, Zui Asiasan, the snipping of the strings is its doing. So to Ktsisasan, Zui Asiasan, the cutting of the branches is its doing, and it'd be totally fine. Well, you have to tell me why they're different. I mean, you have to tell me why in this area. I mean, all we know is there's a constant of luck called Tassim and Asui. Right. We know that it applies by Sukkah and Tzitzis. And we know that by Tzitzis, he allows you to cut it, and it makes it kosher. So why would it be any different by Sukkah? Meaning, ostensibly, the, the one's, one's a hut, then one's a garment. But you have to tell me why this would be different. And I hear, I hear they're similar. I mean, if you hold that cutting is doing, then cutting is doing both by the strings and by the schach. It seems to me it should apply to both. Seems to be. So let's read that story one more time. Where do we see that Rav holds that you don't have to lift the schach and it would be kosher anyway? It's based on the story of Tzitzis. He put Tchelis into the corner of the garments of his house, including his wife. We spoke about that. Talon, he put the strings in. He hung them. But he didn't cut the edges of the strings. Shalahan, keep on forgetting that word. Asa the kamei der of Chiyabar Ashi came to the Chiyabar Ashi and asked him what to do. Amar le hachi amar rav. This is what rav said. Mifsa kam v'heng sheir and just cut them and they're good to go. Alma psi kasatzu yasiyasin. So we see from here that the cutting, the snipping of the strings, is the doing of the strings. It's kosher by by tzitzis. Hachanamik psi kasatzu yasiyasin. So do over here the cutting of the schach is the making of the schach and it'll be totally kosher. You don't have to worry about it. Now it's 7.41, so we're going to stop here, and we're going to continue this, uh, this struggle in terms of uh, the back and forth and what does Rav hold, what does Shmuel hold, etc. Okay, just do uh, two minutes of Kavayites, and I'll call it a day. Right. Okay, so in the middle, learning about Hachan Sazorachim. Uh, and the uh, tremendous value in Hachanasa's Orchim, and uh, he's speaking about, we end up with that, uh, that story of the Yaakov Haber and the Scorpion, that Hachanasa's uh, Orchim is not just uh, inviting people like Yishmak to invite over, but uh, particularly those who would not have others to take care of them. That is the truest mitzvah of Hachanasa's Orchim. We know that in general there's an idea that in part of Zahirus is not being overly, um, over, overly Zahir. What does that mean? Al tei tzadik harbe. It says in Koalos, don't be too big of a tzadik. Lechem, what is he warning here? Yizar b'masha kasev b'sefer ben sira lo hakol tavi beischa. Meaning, I'm warning you, and this is kind of a little bit what I spoke to you about last time, is that as much as I just built up how important it is to Hazorchim, and how important it is is that the people who are maybe shtikol nebuch or hard to, you know, no one else hosts them to host them, he's saying, don't take what I'm saying too far. Don't bring everyone into your house. For example, if you know he's not a good person, don't bring him into your house. Don't 
Interesting. Let's say you have only one room that you and your wife and your kids all sleep in. That's not, you don't have a house that's suitable to be inviting guests to sleep in. He, he calls an Avera to bring them into that house. You, know, you need your privacy and you need your space and he's not something you should bring into your house. Fascinating. That, you know, bring him, bring him in, but you don't really know if you could trust him. So guard your money. <laughs> Put the money in the safe. Make sure that your silver is, uh, has a camera on it. But the point being is, so you know what? Even for his sake and for your sake, you don't want to come to if something goes missing that the rest of your life you'll be you'll be nervous that Plony the guest went ahead and stole it. So just save from that agbas nefesh and watch your stuff. Great line, like that. Like the rabbis tell us. Treat everybody like he's a thief, meaning, sorry, be suspect about him that he might steal, but mechabit him like he's wearing a meal. Which means treat him like the biggest tzaddik in the world, but that doesn't mean you can't look over your shoulder. I mean, like, and people have a hard time with that, like balance in a lot of other areas of life in general, that you're allowed to be, you know, you, 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 uh, I always, you know, like, uh, uh, you're about to do a business deal with somebody, your best friend in the world, and you're like, let's write this up in a contract, which is, by the way, please, Promise me, anytime you do anything, put in a contract. Can't tell you how many machlokas happen between good people because they didn't write in a contract and they either forgot or it's one of them honest. And then very often you'll say that to your friend, your friend, you don't trust me? You don't trust me? You say, no, it's just, just telling the smart practice and it avoids machlokas. Because I love you so much, this is why I want to write a star. Not the opposite, whatever it is. But the point being is, in general, in life, it says here you can be chayshid them, like a listim, like a bandit, but still be machabed them like Ramagam Leo. Fascinating line. And they bring a story in Rav Nassan, Rabbi Yeshua, Shekibel Orech, he accepted a guest into his home, and he gave him food, he gave him drink, put him in the attic to sleep, and he took away the ladder, right, it's a well-known story, he took away the ladder that he used to climb up into the attic, and um, in the middle of the night, the thief stole everything that was in the attic. But he wanted to leave the attic. He assumed the ladder was there with all the stolen goods, but the ladder wasn't there, and he fell down and broke his leg. That's what the story says. So he was smart. He brought him into his home, but he said, I'm not sure about this guy, so he took the ladder away. He said to his guest, you know, I learned that from Chazal. Chazal already preempted you and taught us that you have to be suspect about people that perhaps they're not going to be fully honest. So again, you have to know how far to take it and whatever it is. You obviously, don't walk out of this every single time you have a guest at your house be like following around the entire house the entire time. You hear Frank Freeman in your house like you had last time. You know, that, that's totally fine. But the point being is, is that uh, you do have a right to just be a bit cautious. Be a bit cautious. I would say nowadays it's a... It's a uh, hot button topic and people talk about it but it's, it's unfortunately even more uh, on our minds because of the news that came out last week is uh, molestation and things like that and when you have guests in your home you know keep keep them away from your kids <laughs> seriously they should not be in private with your kids at any point so that's something that everyone says is just basic logic and be smart about it but again these are things they need to be mindful of Umatoy what? So, I mean, if she feels that way about everybody, then, then, then something is off. But, like, 
there's plenty of I, I would just say there's plenty of other people that you can invite that like why do you have to upset your wife about it so I would probably if I would get that shayla I would say just go with it unless you could do further research I mean if, if you want to be proactive and do the research about it etc or that person knows that you're not inviting them and he has really hurt feelings about it so maybe it's your responsibility to do further research but if it's really no big deal the person doesn't know you're not inviting them he never expects an invitation and your wife has a bad feeling about it um, you know then I would just not make a fuss about it like wh- why press that one and instead of I the hundreds of other people that need get, you know, invitations. That's my advice, I guess I would give. Sometimes women do have this uh, sixth sense. <laughs> yeah, because I also say that they're more stingy with guests. I mean, the guy, yeah, it's, it's a Gemara. Uh, it's Tsar Ayin Ba'archim, I think it's, I forgot the exact wording, I think that's what the words are. But uh, yeah, I mean, men are like, yeah, that's tons of guests. Yeah, but Yashkoya, you're know, the one who's cooking. <laughs> but, but, but in general, they're also a little bit more uh, selective in terms of who could come in. Okay, fine. You have to go. Yeah. Let's also finish this paragraph. Um, and he says here, it's even great that when you have guests, your wife should never see him. Again, that's not his Fritzinius thing. I think he's saying over here. Um, especially your wife shouldn't be in front of him if she's uh, wearing her jewelry, she's dressed beautifully. It just, it just incites the Yitzhar. Fu'ulai, mide, hear her, lo yotze. I'm not sure what he's warning about right here. I'm not sure what he's warning about here. Something along the lines of they're eating together at the table and the wife left and he might follow her and if you'd just be smart to like avoid interactions between your wife and the guest because it'll lead to the things that are inappropriate. So okay. Either way, this is the balance he's putting out for us is that on one hand it's huge to do a in the best of your ability. 
the same time, the balance is, is that um, you don't have to invite every single person in the world into your house, and you can be, A, when they do come, be chesh them a little bit and just be careful, and then B, not even everyone has to come in the first place. Certainly if they're bad people, then you don't have to invite them into your house. Shkoyach.